Disney movies that come out. You know, we're, we're just like, hey, push yeah. pause. I know yep. everybody's watching this and talking about it, but and again, knowing the long game, six months from now, you're not going to think about this movie. You know, um, but we don't want some of those ideas in your head. So, really, I think if there are things that you're convicted about your family, like that your family culture needs to be a certain way, those are the things worth picking a fight over. Yeah. Those are the things worth being a stick in the mud over yeah. and saying, hey, there are a couple of things in our family that we are not going to move on. Mm. And no questions asked. That's that's what we're not going to move on. We're, we're staying here. This is what we do. Welcome to our podcast, Growing with the Neeras, um, where we are on a journey to learn and grow with you in the areas of faith, purpose, and relationship. Well, today... We have some really beautiful faces sitting at our table. Yes, we do. Brian. I am so excited that we have Seth and Michelle Fairbair in the house today. Now, let me give you their bio real quick before we jump into uh, the conversation. Seth and Michelle began their marriage journey 14 years ago in San Antonio, Texas. Their journeys brought them to Middle Tennessee about six years ago. Along the way, they have added four beautiful, beautiful, strong daughters <laughs> and a whole lot of fun. Seth has his master's degree in education and works uh, as a software engineer. He loves hiking and hacking board games with his daughters. Michelle has a master's in counseling and works in church leadership. She loves being with uh, her family, being the family DJ, and building a happy and energetic family. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Growing with the Nearest podcast, Seth and Michelle Fairburn. Thanks for having us, guys. We yeah. love them. And we and met them. So Sonia and I oh, moved yes, to... Oh, this is a uh, fun fact. Yeah, this is a good story. Sonia and I moved to Nashville two weeks after we got married in 2018, and... Yep. Um, for the first four weeks of us being here, we were looking for churches to be a part of. And uh, on the fourth Sunday, uh, we visited Legacy Nashville. And I remember we walked in. It was this little, little building. It reminded me of everything that I grew up, uh, my, my upbringing in church. And I remember at the end of service, we were like, yep, this is the place that we want to be planted. And it just so happened that they had... Um, group sign up, small group signups that day. Yeah. So we went to the Connect Bar, and, you know, they quickly became uh, our family here in Nashville. Yeah, and definitely. so we are so grateful. Uh, like Sonia was talking about, they are uh, some of the best parents that we that we know. Yeah. Uh, they facts. literally, like, hands down. And, yeah, they are intentional. They are, uh, they're intentional. They're energetic about yeah. raising their children and yeah. it's really exciting to see because each of their children are just testimonies of you know their intentionality and testimonies yeah. of their love for the Lord and so both of you guys are are just ultra intentional with your children and so I, I want to know like where do you feel like you garnered those tools you know to be the parents that you are today yeah well thank you guys for having us on like we, ever since that marriage group, uh, it's just been an honor to walk with you guys, like, step yeah. by step, and to see, you know, we knew you before you had kids, yeah. yeah, and so to see, you know, from the beginning of your marriage to now, and just the beautiful kids you guys have, and the love that you have for them is really encouraging to us Amen. as well, it's really Thank cool, you. so, um, I would say, 
from, from my perspective, uh, it's really important for me to keep the long game in, in perspective, to know that raising kids, as tough as it is right now, as young as they are right now, they're going to be adults one day. They're going to be grandparents one day. And to, to really, you know, what makes me care about being a dad, about trying to be a good dad, is knowing that what, I, what I'm like today, what I'm like this week, what I'm like next month, mm. is going to have an impact hundreds of years down the road. Wow. Um, Amen. And sowing seeds, you know, it's, it's planting and it's growing. Um, that really helps me keep things in perspective. And <laughs> it seems like, does this really matter? Or, you know, the impact of my positive or negative words to my kids, knowing that, hey, this is a long game. Uh, today's just today, but down the road, uh, it's going to have a lasting impact. Wow, that's so yeah. good. I think we've had some conversations most recently with a, with a budding teenager come in, uh, in our oldest of, of <laughs> that's like it's a different kind of grit and I don't know where I'm supposed to get it from like for these kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like because it's I mean the question you asked is you know where do you really feel like you've garnered it from and I've actually thought a lot about that again with our budding teenager as the oldest and it's like I have specific memories from my dad coming home from from jobs and wearing different uniforms. And I, at growing up, I didn't realize that that meant he had so many different jobs. Mm. But what I remember is that he would show up to all four. I come from a family of four kids as well. He would show up to all of our things, but he always had a different hat on. Like, wow. actually, it was like a different hat with a different company on. Wow. And thinking back about those things of, it was always worth the cost for my parents to be where it mattered for us. Wow. And so I think just little things like that for me is like at this stage, you know, we don't have four teenagers yet, but we're kind of in that age gap of toddler all the way up to, you know, preteen. And it's like, okay, if I, if I can remember those childhood memories for me and knowing we were not well off, knowing how we grew up, knowing where holes were but to remember that both of my parents there it's just those memories I they were always just there mm. I don't know how long they were there for because oftentimes my dad wasn't there at like at the end of the game or my mom wasn't there you know halfway through the band ensemble but they were there mm. and it was like yeah I think that's the kind of grit you just get because I mean the days are <laughs> the days are long but the years are fast you know yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it's like okay mm-hmm. this is super inconvenient and we're super ragged and <laughs> we just got rats nest in all our girls hairs and we don't know where we're going <laughs> but but it's worth it yeah. you know and so I think that's it is that the cost is always worth it just being able to witness that growing up and so another fun fact, Michelle's actually my boss. <laughs> and so yeah. I had the privilege of getting to talk to her a lot. Mm. And we have a lot of side conversations that are personal, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like parenting and marriage. And she starts a lot of her conversations and answers with, well, Seth, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I feel like Keeps I know safe. Seth really well just <laughs> through your your wife 
And one of the things that she shared with me, and it impacted me so much, she talked about how, I don't know, the girls weren't allowed to read some book or something like that. And she was telling me how you read through all of their books to make sure, like, it's appropriate for your girls. Wow. And my question is, which, first of all, it's amazing. It's convicting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Like, it's like, yeah, put it on Zane. <laughs> no, no, and then please. I walk in, I'm like, Zane, 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 don't listen to that. Don't listen to what they just said. Oh, yeah. But oh, back man. to my question. My question is, you've always worked a full-time job, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're providing for your family. I see a lot of dads lack initiative mm -hmm. to cover their families. Yes. Like practically. The heart, the in the intention isn't lacking, but like practically you've worked yeah. all day, you come home, like you just want to sit on your lounge chair and like yep. not be a parent. Yeah. Where have you found that in you to really be a true covering for your family? Mm. So much to the point where you know, you're literally reading through the books that your kids are reading yes. to make sure it's suitable for your family values. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've really had to set my mind that the, the, the momentary comfort is not the goal. And it is very inconvenient, um, and it is pretty frustrating, and it does cause a lot of conversations with our kids. Like, well, you know, my friends are allowed to watch this show. Why yeah. can't we? Yeah. And, and you have to really have answers for those things. It's, it's building an identity with your family. Um, it takes a lot of investment and it takes a lot of really being an unmoving, being in an unmoving position. Yeah. Like we don't watch new movies until mommy and daddy have a chance to read about them first. Wow. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah. And um, even, even rated G Disney movies that come out, you know, Yeesh. we're just like, Hey, push yeah. pause. I know yep. everybody's watching this and talking about it, but and again, knowing the long game, six months from now, you're not going to think about this movie, you know, um, but we don't want some of those ideas in your head. So really, I think if there are things that you're convicted about your family, like that your family culture needs to be a certain way, those are the things worth picking a fight over. Yeah. Those are the things worth being a stick in the mud over yeah. and saying, hey, there are a couple things in our family that we are not going to move on mm. and no questions asked. That's that's what we're not going to move on. We're, we're staying here. This is what we do. I have a secondary question. Mm. So how how did you, as the Fairbirds, decide what the Fairbirds are not, are going to do and not going to do? Like, how did you find your family values? <laughs> we're looking at each other because there was actually a distinct, I don't know if you remember the exact same thing I am, but there was a distinct moment it was when we were two kids in mm. and I was actually struggling a little bit <laughs> with like hey by the time you read through what the girls are gonna watch like I'm I'm kind of pulling my hair out at home with all the things <laughs> I gotta do and so I need a quicker answer <laughs> mm, wow. and um and I remember Seth sitting me down and telling me he was like look the world is throwing things at our kids a hundred times faster than we can. He said, so That's we so have good. to be on top of our game wow. at supplementing with, with biblical truth and what, what we can provide with them. Yeah. And I remember us having a long conversation about that and essentially 
Seth presenting me with our family value is biblically rooted in the word of God. It is God. Like that is our foundational family value. So everything we do and say is going to come from that stream. Yeah. And it was like in that conversation, him making sure I understood that the journey with God, like my our personal walk with the Lord, it, you know, it's all encompassing, long-suffering and, you know, um, patience and virtue and the valleys and the mountaintops and all that. And he was like, that is what parenting is going to look like for us. It's going to be wow. long-suffering. There's going to be valleys. To get, like, we can't, you can't quicken the process mm. just because wow. they're kids. Yeah. Yes. That's so and good. I was like, okay, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um but no, and so I think it was, it really rooted from that conversation of us really having to sit down and decide what then mm-hmm. is our family culture. Mm. And, you know, we're super practical. Like we, um, you know, we partner with the Holy Spirit, you know, with the supernatural, you know, what sometimes it used to take 12 years with the Holy Spirit, it can take 12 minutes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we hang on to that truth and we parent out of that vein, but we're also very practical people. And so pen and paper come out a lot for us. Pen and paper come out a lot. And so it was the very first time we ever did it. We did it much like we did our marriage of what are the top values we're going to live out of for our marriage and Mm. how are we going to sustain the culture of our marriage that's going to glorify the Lord but also last in this world. Um, And so we did that as parents. We sat down with pen and paper. And we wrote individually our top um, culture values. We wrote down um, our top, um, the things we wanted to see. I think it was really big, too. We learned really early on. We were in West Texas. We were living that the Lord dropped on me um, two things I'll never forget. He dropped, and it was with each girl, the, for our first two girls. The first one was, um, Michelle, if you're perfect, there's no room for me. Mm. And I remember that really birthing a a value of how we were going to parent and have in our family. Uh, Because what that did for me was that birthed a pressure of perfectionism that I parented more out of what I didn't want rather than what Mm. I did want in my children. And the Lord was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. This is backwards from you're clouding so much of what where I want to take these kids because you're so scared. Yeah. of repeating things and all those sorts of stuff. And so it was really sitting down and Seth really challenging me to go, well, those top three things, mm-hmm. you're not parenting our kids, you're just keeping them from what you're scared of. And so wow. we really did. We had to sit down with pen and paper and write down what did we want to see out of our family? What's the call of God on our children? We had to inquire we had to inquire of the Lord. What are the words on our girls' lives? Yeah. Come on. Amen. And that was a lot of where our family value was birthed yeah. from. Could wow. you share some of your family values, mm-hmm. like off the top of your head? I'll talk about <laughs> one that we actually <clears throat> have had friction over mm-hmm. uh, for a while. But, but, and this is one Michelle really brought to the table. I think Michelle grew up in a family that talks about things. <laughs> and... Uh, Though my family does talk about things nowhere near to the level that uh, Michelle's family really believes in that. And I think Michelle especially is like, hey, we're going to work through this right now and we're going to talk it out right now. Mm. And um, I resisted that a lot in the early part of our marriage because, you know, I'm a lot more introverted and I want to say, we'll get over it. Like, just ignore it. You know, it'll, be fine. <laughs> it'll work itself out, you know. But, um, but this is something with the kids where 
you know, what are you going to do when your kid does something that needs correction? You know, Mm -hmm. and how are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle discipline? Well, I came from a very much a mindset of, well, you just deal with the behavior, you know, consequence, and then get over it. You know, like Michelle's like, we need to talk about why they did it. And we need to understand why they did it. And we need them to understand why they did it. And we need to walk them through that. And then we need to repentance. And then we need to pray, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, all that, like, I could just spank them. And that's it, you know? Um, But that's something where I've come to see over the years that is incredibly valuable. And it took me butting my head up against that and really humbling myself and going, hey, my wife knows what she's talking about in this area. And I think Michelle comes with that attitude as well, where we might like butt heads on stuff for a little while, but ultimately we we go, hey, God gave me this spouse. They may know what they're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. we really have, as a family value, we uh, embrace this idea that like teaching teaching your child is more <laughs> than just dealing with their behavior. You want to actually have them understand why they're doing what they're doing and give them context for what does this mean for being a Christian, you know? Yeah. I was bad. Why was I bad? Is it because I'm evil? Well, no. But you do have a part of you that loves to sin. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do with that? Well, we repent. We've caused damage. We've hurt the relationship. When you do this, it breaks trust with mommy and daddy. And it's hard for us to trust you. So let's talk through that. Let's restore that. Let's pray about that. And let's talk about it for next time. And... And what are the words God's spoken over your life? And let's live up to that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a good example. Yeah, I think another one we're pretty big on, um, not pretty big on, but one of our family values is we have a big value for teaching our children how to make decisions while they're in our home mm. um, so that they're not blindsided when they're 19. Yeah. Um, you know, we've tried to protect them from everything so much that – they're not going to know what to do when they walk out our door. And so we have a big value for, um, you know, providing a seat at the table as they get older to have furthering discussions as to why we don't do certain things as the Fairbers. You know, um, we live a biblically grounded life. We live out of truth. We live to serve the Lord. Um, a huge one is honor for our elders. Um, that's a big value for our family. Um, you talk respectfully. You know that's that's all encompassing. But, um, but yeah, I would say that one is really um, learning how to make good decisions uh, before you leave our home. I just want to be able to offer parents, including us, like us first. Yep. How do I not produce shame and Zayden just because I don't have tools to handle it properly? Yes. Like Seth was talking to you about like your face and just not wanting your daughter wanted to play a game the other day and you wanted to play something else or whatever, vice versa. Okay. And Seth was like, you know, uh, Michelle, you got to, you know, mind your face so you don't make her feel shame. And I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of, I'm having flashbacks of all of my nasty faces of Kim Zayden. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. no, like no filter. Like, oh, yeah. I cannot believe you just did that. Oh yeah. Like, I want you to see my face. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'm a probably a few decades removed from the maturity I need to be at oh, yeah. where you guys are at right now. And so I would love to honestly hear, like, how do you do this well? So there's a commandment to honor your father and mother, right? Yeah. There's an entire commandment about that. But there's not a commandment to honor your children. 
And so the question is, like, why is there a commandment to honor your father and mother? And I think it's because it's, it's hard to honor your, it's unnatural to honor your father and mother. Uh, there's sort of like a natural um, trap, I think, in being a parent, in that you inadvertently cause pain to your children <laughs> a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Facts. you know, Michelle does quite a bit of counseling, and the number of people, it's yeah. so crazy. The number of people whose primary hurt was from their mother or father is yeah. just yeah. Yeah. Wow. skyrocketing. And yep. and what's crazy about it is that a lot of people who have hurt from their parents, it's usually inadvertent little things their parents did wow. or things that were taken out of context. Like my mother said this, and it was just twisted and ta- taken by the enemy and twisted into a dagger the wrong way. Yeah. And there's just this pain that happens. And I think knowing that, the mindset you need to have as a parent is that you probably are going to cause inadvertent pain to your kids. Mm -hmm. They're going to have mommy and daddy issues. You know, Lord willing, no. But there's a commandment there, so probably it is. (laughs) Yeah. But it's okay if you are living out that commandment by honoring your parents, by coming, you know, fixing your heart posture toward your own parents, Mm. modeling forgiveness modeling long-suffering, and then expecting that of your children because it's a commandment, you know? It's like, I'm not going to be the perfect parent, but I do expect you to honor me and just deal with me in forgiveness because I'm going, it makes it makes things easier to apologize. Like, yeah. even this morning, even this morning, I too much is, I jumped on one of my kids too much. Mm. And I had to, like, fix myself, fix my face, go to my daughter and say, hey, I am really sorry I lost it with you. Mm. I'm upset about something else. And yeah, you messed up, but I messed up worse. And I apologize. So, and then expecting her to be able to talk about it and forgive me as well is like, that's what we do. It's okay to expect someone, to expect your kids to move past and forgive. So I think that mindset starting out is really important. Um, If you're going to want to talk to your kids about things, you need to be aware that you're imperfect too. And I think maybe you want to talk to this, but Michelle models this for our kids. She talks through her own um, problems and things also. Uh, she's in a conversation with the kids. She's not just lecturing at them or shaming them. You know, yeah. it's it's very much uh, a, a two-way conversation, I think, when you're doing these discipline conversations with them. Yeah, yeah I, I think what... What's been beneficial is to really impart to the girls the knowledge that they have the that that they can gain the ability to do something, and that it, what's really important to me is is like child development stages. And I know y'all heard me use these, this vernacular a lot, but it really is. It's like really learning the developmental stage and the capacity your child has at certain ages is really important to me. It's important to us. And so what I've learned is all these tools that I really want our children to have, um, I can't project my emotional and cognitive capacity onto my five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Like I can't because I, then, then I am setting them up to have a conversation just full of shame and, and, unmet expectations by them primarily 
Um, and so approaching them with the knowledge of I've got to wrap all this. Like it comes for me, it comes from a vein of I want to teach my girls how to be set free quicker. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like I don't want them to get their first heartbreak or their first breakup in their teenage years and for it to take them as long as it took me to get back to the truth of who God said I was. Yeah. Amen. Well, how do I do that with a five-year-old <laughs> <laughs> without wasting an hour and a half of breath and it's going over her head, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, this is where, I mean, maybe even back to the first question of like garnering the ability, it's like it's, it's literally sitting with God you know, and when you're having children and you're nursing and you're rearing up in child years, it's not like I had two and a half hours every morning anymore. That just yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. But in the three minutes, again, we partner with the supernatural. The Lord can turn that into an hour. But in the three minutes I had between nursing and cleaning and wiping a butt, it was like <laughs> I literally was like, Lord, I can't, I can't do another day with one of my children throwing something at my head and then me screaming at her using the phrase, what is wrong with you? And that's the wrong <laughs> phrase I'm supposed to say. I, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I, don't, <coughs> I don't want to do that. Like I remember my mom teaching mm. me at some point, Miha, you just have to go to God and say, help me. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Don't yeah. give him any more words. He already knows what's going wrong and yes, just say, help me change me and those are the phrases that i've used my entire parenting help me change me help me change me and in those moments i feel like there has been some some very amazing tools that the holy spirit's like hey i can take your 40 year old version and i can help you with two words for your five-year-old is it just two words that's a lie yep that's not true just keeping it quick yeah. and teaching them like, no, mommy, you don't love me because you said no to the show. That's a lie. What's a lie? That you don't love me. Okay. What's the truth? You do love me. Okay. We're yep. good. Like, and, and we, keeping it quick like that is just, has honestly been fruitful for us. Yeah. Not by a way that our kids are perfect and they don't throw tantrums anymore. God, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. But by way of, it comes quicker by them as well. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying. Like the, it, it's it's a repetitive nature, and the world's going to give them tons of stuff to repeat and become behaviors. Mm-hmm. I'd rather that come from us. Yeah. yeah, and give them the quick verbiage, the quick vernacular. I mean, if you look at TV commercials, they get those one-liners in there quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then kids just repeat them because it gets stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got our own one-liners to get them set Man, free. That's yeah. good. So, yeah. That's, I love that. Just being intentional for yep. that. Wow, that is. Sheesh. Sheesh, there, Wax. I'm just going to go ahead and start. Ready? God help me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, Wax. So right, right now. Right now. I feel like I'm in class. I love this. <laughs> and I have no questions. I just have. A, <laughs> Lord, just lay me on the altar. <laughs> no. Um, you know, the, the, I, I would love to just uh, kind of switch directions a little bit and just ask you guys what are some practical ways that you two stay connected in the process of parenting yes you know you know i think that it's so easy wow this is so good 
as kids are, are, are growing, it's just like so much is happening. It's like, oh my gosh, so much is happening that you're having to make decisions on a whim. Yep. You know, and like, you yeah, know, for you, Sonya and, and you I. Start like, at, you start at like five in the morning and then you don't get done until eight o'clock and then you're just like. Yeah, it's like decision yeah. fatigue. It's yeah. like you can't oh, even. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's hard to. Sometimes it feels hard to like take moments to like stop and make a good decision. Yeah. Um, but like, how do you guys stay connected? in that process. I think there might be a common theme here. I start by trying to take a really big perspective of things. Yeah. You know, my big perspective is I love my kids and and they're the world and they're part of the great commission. But uh, you know, 30 years from now, I'll be w- with Michelle alone in a house. Yeah. You know, and I can't neglect this this relationship. Yes. You know, I just can't. Uh she's my primary relationship here on earth. And so um, it, it is important when we, <laughs> like, you know, trying to drive <laughs> anywhere. <clears throat> we have the, the older ones will start, you know, talking over each other. Like, yeah. they, they're, you know, the attention, this, 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 this. And then our youngest, she doesn't know what's going on, but she hears all that. And she goes, me, 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 listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> Daddy, I'm not a dinosaur. <laughs> okay. She just wants to be heard. Yeah. But with all that going on, trying to get any kind of like conversation that goes longer than two or three words is really difficult sometimes and can actually be really, really frustrating. Yeah. Just deeply frustrating because you, you're in that moment. You're like, I just need to talk to you about what's happening this weekend. Yeah. You know, and I don't even get the chance to talk to you about how much I love you, you know? And, (laughs) and, uh, and so practically there are times where we're just like, you kids need to go stay busy, and mommy and I just need to talk for like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And we tell them. I mean, we're we're getting better, I think, at telling them, "Hey, mommy and daddy need to talk. We need you to go over there because I haven't seen her in two days, and I need to tell her some things. Um, go play with your sisters for a minute. It's important that we connect." And having our kids clued in on, on that process gives them a chance to be. Part of part it. Part yeah. of it, yeah, part yeah. of the success of our family, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, going back to one of the values, one of the values for us is being uh, transparent, you know, even uh, with our children, um, as much as, you know, is respectable for our children to know. But that is one of the things, is um, really being transparent with them and letting them in on the process of work that it takes in a marriage. We've been real honest with our older two mm-hmm. about that, like, and, and, again, I'm big on phrases, and I'll let them know, hey, mommy's going to be a better mommy if you give me five minutes with daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just let me, let me finish my thought with daddy. I'm going to be a better mommy. Daddy's going to be a more fun daddy if you let us finish this conversation. <laughs> just give us a few minutes. So we're very transparent. But I would say, again, the practical comes in a lot for us, even with this, of paying attention to our top love languages. Mm-hmm. That's actually something that we've done a lot with couples on and it's it's because we actually use it and it's benefited us there's been a lot of fruit to it and so even if we get the you know 10 minutes of the day before we split the kids and bath and bedtime and all that it's like hey these physical touch like we've got to make sure we're holding hands while we're talking or on the way up the stairs something like that Mm -hmm. and I'm a words person and so his texts through the day are very important like they're very just important. texting her between any any activity I have at work when I have a little break I just pull up my phone and text her just some 
cute thoughts I have about that's her. That's so Aww, sweet. That's so beautiful. Those I things love matter. That. I love that. Yeah. So those are those little moments until, because y'all, I mean, y'all know it doesn't take long to figure out that it's it's a little sometimes far and few between before you get like a weekend. Oh yeah. Or like more than a four-hour yeah. dinner, you know, together. So yeah. It takes faith. Like the faith is, you know, the, the decision to plant a seed in the ground and put water on it is an act of faith because you're like, you know, three weeks from now something's going to pop out of the ground. And that's what that's how I view these things, like texting my wife throughout the day or like sending the kids away for 10 minutes so we can talk. Yeah. Those are acts of faith that, yeah, maybe in the moment we have to talk, we actually end up arguing about something. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. down, but it is going to bear fruit for us. Amen. Okay, the next question that I have is like, you know, this is kind of very practical. Like, what would you say, like, your parenting style is? I lean more heavily toward authoritarian, honestly, wow. which I don't think is a good thing. Wow. Uh, and so I've had to, the Lord's had to knock a lot of that kind of unmoving rule maker. Yeah. Kind of, he's had to kind of because there's not a lot of compassion in that, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's right. not a lot of allowance for the way that actual human beings who are, you know, two, three, four, five years old and and female at that, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've had to go, okay, I need to tone this down. Yeah. Uh, I still try to, I, the I feel like, sorry to interrupt. I feel like for me with, like, with my son, uh-huh. like, he's so strong with <laughs> He's so strong that I'm like, this is the only way he feels this. <laughs> I'm like, he's just like, when I'm nice to him, I'm like, when I'm like, Satan. He's like, ah, damn. <laughs> like, he laughs at me. Like, he'll laugh at me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then the moment when I'm like, young boy, get over here right now. Yeah. Like, you know, his eyes break. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, think, I think men, though, don't you think men naturally lean towards authoritarian? naturally i feel I like a lot so. of guys are like that yeah mm. i would think so <laughs> i would think so so i've had to tone it down i still am kind of the rule maker but I, i've had to intentionally learn from michelle uh and from the lord obviously mm-hmm. uh to have more compassion in the way i deal with my kids and more room for them to be a mess wow and like, that's okay this is yeah. a process wow that's yeah. really good how about you yeah, you're definitely more. I, I'd say if I had to pick one, I do lean heavily more towards uh, authoritative, because mm. um, I like for there to be a lot more space for decision. Yep. Um, but it's a it's an effort to flow between what we do. Those top three. What were they again? Authoritarian, authoritative, and permissive. permissive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say we're not we're not too permissive, but. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think we have in flow between those three mm-hmm. because that's that. For me, what we've talked about before is that a lot of how you default parent is, is, a, is a great indication to yourself of how you feel the father fathers you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much, yeah, space and grace Bye. and compassion you like your default parent is from that's so good wow. is that's a revelation right mm-hmm. there kind of how you're how you see the god the father parenting you mm. and so i think that's where we 
oftentimes we'll take a step back and we check in with one another. I mean, it's the thing. Seth and I are on a team, and I loved learning from my parents. We all still joke about it, my siblings and I. Be like, you know, Dad would take one of us out easy for Mom. Like, <laughs> it's it's Mom, it's Mom or nothing. Wow, like, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. The four of us could live off beans, but as long as he's got his wife, and it's just like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I like that. Not at the expense of you know your children. We all love our parents very much. But so anyway, with the with the parenting as we ebb and flow, there is a lot, especially at this stage of our life, there is a lot of getting checked and checking in with one. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, primarily, Seth does a, a wonderful job of coming in and being like, hey, you overtalked. Like, that kid was done listening to you about mm. half an hour ago, and you just kept going because you <laughs> needed to. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I've got to get with the Lord. I've got to process that with him. And then I've got to go and fix that with my child and let them in on as much as I expect you to own your oopsie, I've got to own my oopsie right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. But yeah, I have been flowing between those three. Takes, I mean, yeah. I'll talk say, about being intentional. It takes a lot of getting checked and checking in. So. I'll say too that like there's a kind of a pattern I think in culture today where you want to. There's sort of this. It's an anti-biblical belief, honestly, that children are perfect the way they are, wow. and you need to support them as they grow into who exactly. they naturally oh, yeah. are. Oh yeah. But I think biblically, like that's not there. Like. Who we are naturally is actually corrupted and sinful. Yeah, and it needs to be corrected. And it needs to be corrected, right? And and so, not that, you know, sinful doesn't mean valueless, right? Like, though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, he gave his very life for us while we were still sinners. So, my kid's a sinner, so what? Like, I'm a sinner, so what? It, it, it actually informs the way you parent. It's like, well... My kid has a sinful nature, and I need to be in charge of imparting wisdom to them and yeah. teaching them how to repent and teaching them how to recognize their sin, teaching them how to recognize when they're being sneaky or lying, mm-hmm. and, and helping them partner with God to call that out and model repentance for them. So don't be afraid to take charge of your family and and lead them into righteous living, uh, knowing that all of you are starting from the position of being sinners and that you do need Jesus to help you um, uh, conquer that and master yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. I'll never forget, it was actually when I was, oh my gosh, who was it that was, Annalisa was like three, and I was watching uh, staff kids at our old sh- church building, and I'll never forget when the Lord told me, he was like, why are you freaking out about their behavior? They're sinners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was like such a comfort Specifically to me. about Annalisa. <laughs> no, just kidding. No. <laughs> no. She was like, I don't know what it is, but the Fairbirds are already paired oh, no. with, always paired with like a bunch of guys in their classes. <laughs> yeah, they are. And yeah. so she was like the little angel and I was like having sh- trouble with the other ones. But honestly... I think it's such a comfort to know and accept, mm-hmm. like, yeah, my kid's a sinner. Yeah. That's yeah. why they're exhibiting this behavior. Right. It's yeah. not because they're bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. That actually is a comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a comfort to know there's actually, my, my child is amazing. This sin nature is what Jesus died for. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And so, yep. honestly, it's just, 
for me, it's such a comfort when I, when I gain tools of how to help steward, you know, the sin nature of my child so that they will, you know, that scripture says train a child in the way that they should go. Right. Well, train is such a active action word. It's oh, like, yeah. It doesn't say watch your child. Yeah, that's right. Like literally, don't babysit your child. Right. Like don't watch. It's train. Literally train. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys do that so well. And I, I just, I pray and I believe that the world can just sit in a master class of the way that you guys parent. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah. My last question is. What is your spouse's strength in parenting that you don't particularly have or just that you admire? Mm, That's really good. Seth, what is something that Michelle does as a parent that you really admire? And as a team, as you guys are training your kids in the way that they should go, you know, what strength does she bring to that team Mm. and vice versa? We'll start with Seth. Yeah. Uh, Michelle is 100% selfless in the way she parents. She will always put her kids ahead of herself. Mm. She'll put her kids' emotional well-being above her own. She'll put her kids' uh, physical needs above her own. She will lay down everything she wants that day because her kids need her to do something. She will push pause on anything and everything if her kids need love or correction or whatever and I it's amazing Mm -hmm. it really is and it's inspirational and pretty convicting too Mm -hmm. you're really (laughs) good at just it's it's you just give everything I could testify to that (laughs) I've seen it time and time again Mm. um I'll say for Seth I think of two things actually right off the bat he is he is the extreme of consistency that's needed for growth and transformation. Mm. When he when the words come out of his mouth, all of our children, even our youngest, knows by now it's whatever daddy said is gonna happen. Mm. And there's no amount of tears or <laughs> hormones wow. or anything that are gonna change his mind. Wow. <laughs> It's like, no, there's this, I mean, if his yes is yes, that's what you'll get in the morning and, and in the evening. If it's a no, then it's not changing. Wow. And so it's convicting for me because sometimes when, you know, the life laid down for your children, sometimes when you're tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's been a while since a real shower or a meal. It's like, I know I said no, baby, but at this moment, I'm just, go ahead. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> and I, I hear Seth, or I have the conviction. I'm like, he's here, isn't he? He just heard me. I got to Nope. Sorry. And I've actively had to be like, okay, nope. I, I said, I said no. I got to stick with that. I'm sorry, girls. I said no. I'm overwhelmed right now, but I got to stick with my no. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and that's that's one of those strengths. It's like that has built our family, and it's what we want, you know. Um, so I will good. say the second thing that I have loved is that anytime Seth's with the girls, like if I go grocery shopping or something like that, Seth, even though he might default to authoritarian style, and he has, I don't, I don't, I don't actually witness you heavy-handed authoritarian, but mm-hmm. I, I I hear what you're saying as far as like the the default and the tension and coming out of that. 
what I admire, the strength that I, um, I sometimes honestly envy is his ability to give into the chaos so that our kids have an experience. Mm, what does that mean? That, yeah. like, um, all the doors could be left open. Every toy is falling down the drain. All the clothes that they've tried on are all over the floor. Every toy, you know, there's bikes in the middle of the street. They're playing in the cars. <laughs> but I get home, and they're full. They've wow. had an experience with daddy. Wow. If we, they go on a hike with me, everybody's eating. We've all got our shoes on, all of this. They come yeah. out of the woods with daddy. I don't know where one of them is. One of them doesn't have a shirt on. The other one lost her shoes in the tree. And, you know, Livy's like, I climbed a 25-foot tree all by myself. And I'm like, <laughs> and so it's like, for me, I've got checklists in my head all day long. And for Seth, he's like, who cares? He's like, they had an experience. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, that's so amazing. Okay. I that's got, so good. I see that. How can parents with kids who have behavior that is like challenging or taxing, how can they steward those behaviors and not stifle the personality of their children? Oh, that's so mm. good. Because that's one of the things like with me and like Zayden right now mm. is like, you know, there's moments where I need to be authoritarian with him. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, or he will hurt himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's moments where, like, he's, you know, there's chaos. Mm -hmm. And I want to be authoritarian, but, you know, I, I feel that conviction, like, okay, you need to let him in this moment because that's part of his personality. Well, <laughs> <laughs> submission is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's that's where... Uh, that is not a popular, this is not a popular view, okay, mm. like mm. in our culture, in our generation, but it's a biblical view. Like, Jesus was a man under authority, yeah. and he submitted himself to what his daddy wanted him to do, mm. even at the cost of his very own life. Yeah. You know, he did not want to go to the cross in some sense. Garden of Gethsemane shows that. He's asking God for a way out. God says, sorry, son, mm. you're going to have to go through this because there's, a, there's something bigger at stake. And I think that our kids are ministers to the earth. They're supposed to be priests and kings on the earth. And if they're not used to being under authority, they're not going to get very far mm. because ultimately as Christians, we submit ourselves to the authority of God instead of our own authority, right? Learning to obey your father is a big deal. Mm. Amen. Uh, we've had so to good. obey our father in ways that are very painful and scary mm -hmm. and very uncomfortable and cost a lot of money and cost mm -hmm. a lot of emotions and sanity. Obedience is not always, doesn't equate to getting what you want. Uh, I I, I would question this idea of, like, hurting your kid's personality. Mm. I, don't, I don't know how many. What I see is maybe people who haven't forgiven their parents mm -hmm. who complain about this, right? Yeah. And that's not the parent's problem. It's the kid's problem. Mm. You need to honor your father and mother. They were trying to do the best by you. They may have screwed up, but you need to forgive them yeah. and move on and not think of this as, like, they were trying to suppress my personality. It's like, I know there's real pain. Like, I, I know mm -hmm. there are parents who have caused legitimate yeah, pain. Absolutely. 
but but I'm I'm talking about a specific case where I, I've seen repeatedly this kind of thing where uh, parents tried to raise their kids in a godly house and kids kind of deconstruct and then go, you know, my parents were forcing me into religion and all wow. that. And it's like, hey, you know, like your parents are there to guide you into truth. Mm. So I wouldn't worry about, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, damaging your kid's personality if you're really partnering with God and you yeah. really have a conviction that like this is a behavior that is ungodly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if this goes unchecked into the teens you know this could be a real problem for my wow. kid yes. then yeah. we're going to deal with it like it's a sin that's trying to take over my kid and, and wow. we're going to that's so good. submission is okay that's powerful <laughs> yeah permission mm-hmm. right there that's good mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's a big one I've see that a lot like um I, I will say you know coming from a lot of parenting resources that I'm privy to and have read even from like the 80s and 90s there's a there's definitely something to learn because because I hear your question mm-hmm. e- even in the vein of here, here's where I hear it sometimes from the vein of when do I release what I want to control as the outcome that feels inconvenient so that my child can be a child. Because that's reality. It's not necessarily damaging the personality or anything, but it's just like sometimes we're just so squeezed as parents, it's easier just to squash them and silence them than Mm. to find an opportunity for them to just be a child. That's right. And that's a developmentally appropriate thing, too. Like, he he would always tell me, I'll never forget, I wanted to talk to to our oldest, talk to Livy about, you know, (laughs) don't disobey mine when I tell you not to go into the street. (laughs) He came home, he goes, that's not a conversation. He was like, that is not a conversation. And I was like, well, I wanted to understand why. Like, he's so kind about my wanting to know why. And he was like, no. She don't listen to you. She gets hit and she dies. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. He said, there's a time and a place to entertain a conversation yeah. with her will. He was like, but yeah. right now. And I remember, remember we were in West yeah. Texas in our little, first little house we bought. And I was sitting on the wow. front step. I was just crying. And he was like, no. He was like, I understand it's going to be hard to get her to listen to you. But she is three years old. Yeah. He was like, right now it is teaching her her barometer of obedience. You can entertain will convert like willful conversations later. Yeah. You're so scared to to mess with her personality. You're so scared, and I, so my all of that to say, I think the first one is to remove fear from any approach so that good. you've yeah. got with your yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Remove fear because it will clarify the direction, your vernacular, yep. how you correct what you say. Because as Zay, you know, gets to be the kindergartner and the first second grader. There's going to be a whole new level of conversation you're able to have with yep. him, yeah. and and it'll be a welcomed one because you have a foundation of his trust, yes. of his trust that in the obedience and that safety. And so, yeah, I would say the other thing is just making sure there's opportunity for your children to be who they are. Yeah, because if they haven't had a day where they can just play and be who they are at very young ages they're going to come out with everything to get out every ounce of energy that they have. And that's not on them. Yeah. That's, that's not a three-year-old's fault. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. And do it out of love. This is, this is the thing, especially with difficult behaviors. Anybody who's had kids with difficult behaviors is 
you got to you got to <laughs> do it from a place of love and not frustration. Yeah. And do what it takes to get there. It's it's not easy to get there. Sometimes you just want to deal with the behavior. It's like I just want that behavior to stop. Yeah. And good. <laughs> but you also right. need to do it out of love and I think kids kids know that and and there's there's room for forgiveness if you do it wrong, you know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's so good. Well, before we close, we're going to have you guys pray. Mm-hmm. But right before you pray, if you could give just like a 60-second encouragement to a parent, whether they're a single parent or they're co-parenting, you know, with someone who they're married to or someone they're not married to, and they're listening and they're thinking, I would love to be able to do that, but I just don't know how. I would say uh, you're built to be a parent. Um, be confident about that. God is the ultimate parent. He's going he's gonna to cover the gaps. Um, it's okay to expect your kids to, it's okay to expect good things from them. Yeah. And mm. to stand in confidence that God's going to cover the places you miss and you need to model forgiveness in your own life, mm-hmm. uh, forgiveness for your parents and people who've wronged you and your children will learn forgiveness so yeah that's so good um i would also say that um get help like Mm -hmm. reach out get in the local church Mm -hmm. get to know some other parents connect with people your age who have kids people who are in your situation identify people who are much older than you that you Mm -hmm. feel have done it successfully and just ask them find people who will talk to you and just ask them Mm. i love that hence us Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Reaching> out to <laughs> Michelle, what would you say? Um, I would just encourage, I would encourage anyone to just, in this very moment, just release yourself from false expectations of perfection. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. good. Yeah. Because I just, I just want to share what the Holy Spirit told me 11 years ago. If you're perfect, there's no room for me. Mm. I gotta, I gotta be there. They're gonna meet me some way, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think also just really stepping into the belief that God gave you your child because He trusted you with that child. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He designed that child and went, "That's the personality I need yep. for my child. Yep. That's the temperament I need." And so even. If you lose if you lose your head for a minute, just get rid of the lie that you're not good enough and fill it with the truth that God designed us for this. Yeah. And so I and I wanna echo Seth's because that's just been that's been a lifeline for us. I know it's a lifeline for you guys and anybody we respect in parenting and marriage is um being in your local church yeah. and put mm-hmm. yourself so in front of people. Don't wait for people to come and watch you drowning. That's right. Offer yeah. you help. <laughs> yep. Put yeah. yourself in front of people to get help. Amen. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. Oh, man. We are so blessed. We want you to pray before sure. we get out of here. Um, just pray, you know, for anything that comes to your heart. Lord God, we love you. Mm-hmm. We thank you so much for showing us. Um, what true parenting costs. Mm. Jesus, we thank you for modeling what being a son should look like. We fall so short of being children and so short of being parents. But we thank you for adopting us into your family and teaching us the right way. 
Father God, I just pray for a breath of encouragement over anyone watching who's feeling like they're drowning. Father, I pray you just give them the confidence to step into the truth that they were made for this. They were made to be a parent. And Father God, I just pray for grace for themselves, for that single mom, that single dad, for those parents who just are having a tough time figuring it out, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would just breathe new life into their parenting. Breathe new life. Breathe forgiveness. Because what they do is honorable and deserving of honor. We pray this in your name. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Growing with the Nearest podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it with a friend and also that you leave a review and subscribe on whatever platform that you are listening or watching on. And we will see you next week.